Welcome to the Kids Like You and Me podcast. We're here with Sam Richardson of the Richmond, Virginia-based record label and distro Feel It Records. How's it going, Sam? Hey, doing pretty well and uh, just excited to be here and talk shop with y'all. Yeah, no, it's nice to, it's nice to finally meet you. Um, as we were just saying, like, first, we first heard of Feel It uh, when the Cowboys were on tour and or, or they were for a Boston show. We booked the show in Boston. It was March 2019. Yeah, I've just been both of us have been just keeping up with the label since then. It just feels like there's constantly like a new feel it release coming out. It seems like you've had a in, in that regard just an amazing pandemic. Uh, you know, outside of obviously all the the horror of it. Yeah, well, it, it just kind of, you know, the past year kind of really kickstarted me into uh, just being at home more like everyone else. And a result of that was not wanting to, to go out and keep doing my side jobs and just dive into the label. Um, so, you know, yeah. the uh, schedule picked up quite a bit. I remember yeah, I definitely. reading on Terminal Boredom, there was going to be a 10-year anniversary show. Is that correct? That never happened? Yes. That was supposed to be in April of last year. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. yeah, we got kind of close, and then it got to be March, and everybody locked down. So <laughs> yeah. uh, I think that the majority of the bands that were going to play that are still active in one regard, so there will hopefully be some kind of like maybe 12 year thing. I think at this yeah. point it's like pretty much about to hit 11. So <laughs> I, I like maybe the off year be. ones. We, we had like a six year yeah, anniversary for our, for our, for our uh, thing. And it was fine. Yeah. Screw five, screw 10. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, any, any kind of reasonable get together um, is good by me. And um Goner Fest, three bands on the label are playing that, so I'm going to be there. And uh, oh, I haven't met any of those folks. Um, it's Sweeping Promises, Spread Joy, and Smirk that are all part of the lineup. And uh, I have met Nick from Smirk from a previous band he was in called Public Eye, but um, the other two, uh, we've just kind of come into contact during the pandemic, so it's it's going to be great to actually finally meet face to face. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. So awesome. So, yeah, we're yeah. we're gonna we're gonna be in attendance, so I I, I can't wait. Oh yeah, sweet. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're big uh, Garner Garner Fest heads. Uh, it, this will be our sixth Garner Fest. It just it just it gets a di- I don't know. Have you ever been before? It's actually my first time going. I'm really excited. Oh, nice. Oh. Hell yeah! It, 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 it's it. addictive. Yeah, it's, and, yeah. And it's um, pretty much all outdoors, I understand, which is a yep. bit uh, reassuring for crowds. So, yeah, I'm very excited. Yeah, and uh, 
Yeah, it definitely. It's, it'll be a little bit different, but also like Goner, they do have day shows, like even like, like in the past, the day shows would be outdoors. So it's, it's kind of like, you know, not, so it's like in a way it will still, I feel like still feel like Goner, at least to a certain extent, you know, mm-hmm. um, when I went on band camp, uh, before, like, at uh, you know, whenever I was, at some point in uh, the last year or so, I, I scrolled down to like the first release. I didn't realize, you know, you, you mentioned the 10 year anniversary. I didn't realize that the label uh, went as far back. Yeah, the uh, the label kind of started out of my, my dorm room when I was going to VCU here in Richmond. And like, I had done a zine and uh, I was kind of getting busy with school and like still finished like an, an issue, but like, was doing a um, kind of history of Charlottesville, which is like just 70 miles down the road where I'm from. And had come into contact with like some 80s, like punk and hardcore bands. And one of them was a band called Lackey Die. Right. That they've like recorded an inner ear with like Don Zintara, who did like all the, you know, Discord bands and, and DC area stuff. Um, and then like another session in Richmond. And it never come out, so that was my first seven inch. Um, we hand screened all the sleeves like here in Richmond, and uh, you know, a few months later, a box box of records shows up, and uh, it had been kind of like more of just like a, a hobby style thing for me. Just like did a lot of my own bands and like a few other like um, old Charlottesville bands, like the Landlords. Um, and then, like, you know, I started getting out and touring a little bit more and, and met, you know, some bands, like, all over the, the U.S. And, like, the Cowboys is definitely an example of a band that I met, like, while traveling. And it didn't really start, like, kind of going, like, more of, like, a full-time schedule until, like, about 2018, like, three three years ago. And then every year since it's been like, like between like 12, 10 to 12, 15 releases a year. So right. it's gotten pretty yeah. full time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's really impre- impressive. Like, uh, we, uh, we put out a few records um, and just, you know, just know, just based on just like that, just being like, oh, wow. Like, I don't know how people realize just like how much it takes or like just the expense of like, you know, it's expensive to put out vinyl. So it's, it's really impressive seeing a label like flourish, um, you know, and, and just building up over time. Yeah. Um, it hasn't always been as uh, convenient and just like, easier to function as a label than like now because I, I do press records just a couple hours away here in Virginia uh, in oh, Harrisonburg yeah, the plant is called Blue Sprocket and they're relatively new they um, opened like at the end of 2018 I started pressing there and like like um, like the fried egg and, and cowboys LPs that came out like at the beginning of 2019 were like the first two records I did with them. And uh, I mean, I think we've done probably close to 
20, 25 records there together now. So uh, I really love it because I can just drive there. Like I drive, mm-hmm. drive a Prius, you know, nice. and just Same. load that thing up. And, uh, yeah, just records are not the most environmentally friendly thing to make anyways. So, um, and you don't have to give like, you know, thousands of dollars to corporate shipping companies to get your, you know, small press records. Um, and just like, you know, knowing the people that are, that are helping you like do your thing. It's been, it's been cool. And like all the bands in the label seem like stoked about that because I, I get like relatively like good turnaround times and are able to like constantly update on like what's going on. Like I, the communication is historically been very good. That's great. Awesome. That's a, that's a big part because to take away that guessing game and then also to know that you are working together on us i'm both two small businesses are both creating that culture together damn that's cool yeah and it's not always that way and it's um it's usually not even close to like being very personal there's a lot of like just lags in communication and just like familiarity with like what it takes to be in a band or run a label from some people that are in in the record business I feel like um it's just like you know kind of like we're here to like take your money and make your product and there's not really a lot of personality or relationship going on which you know it's fine it's it's a business and you know it's more of a business than it ever has been lightly but uh like when when i met the blue sprocket people like um my band fried egg were were pressing our record there and they came to our show when we played in their town and brought us the test presses and like shook our hands and we're like hey like we're really excited to press your record and that's like that was a formative thing where it's it's like yeah like that it, it doesn't get that good often yeah um when you started the the label um were you originally like planning on putting out current bands or was it just the because i know you put out the old hardcore bands was was that the intention and then it morphed into current bands or i think it just kind of like lifted off more in the Mm contemporary stuff with just yeah like traveling and and meeting people and then i guess in the past like maybe like three ish years like since i started kind of having more of a schedule like i have been getting a lot of like submission bands that have actually like stuff that's come in that's been like really like good and like i'm you know honored to be like yeah let's let's do it like that hadn't been as big a part of the label in the past at all oh really um so it makes me feel like good about what i'm doing but also that like people that are um, maybe like writing stuff in like a mindset of wanting to work with somebody like me that they're like sending in my way and it's like some really good songwriters and just like quality musicians and people on the label right now that i'm like lucky to have yeah, yeah, you have a great, awesome. a great yeah. roster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Um, do you ever get 
submissions that you're just like, uh, no way. Like, <laughs> like I'm sure you get I, hit up a lot. <laughs> I think probably every label does yeah, after a yeah. certain point, but um, there's there is some interesting stuff that seems copy pasted that like. I mean, I've had a few things come in where people don't even like change the like yeah. two subject line, and I'm like, oh, so this other label got it cool, like yeah, uh, yeah, and that's like that kind of stuff. I don't reply to just because it's right. essentially like a, a level up from spam. But right, um, there are a lot of like things that that come in that are just maybe not as tuned in to like where I'm at with what I'm doing or. You know, occasionally something like actually does suck, and like you know, I try to be constructive, but um, then again, there are things that just like blow you away, and, and like I listen to like you know, like the first like three or four songs or something, and I'm like, yeah, like this, like let's like I usually like if it's like an American band, I'll try to like line up like a phone call, or if it's like a band outside of my time zone, really, I'll like be like hey can we like zoom or whatever if i'm like cool. seriously like whoa like let's 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 talk you know just just like it's hard to get like a vibe out of like people via email sometimes so like yeah i appreciate yeah. like when people take that much time to even just think about me and write something out that you can tell is like actually you know directed towards you so i like to take the time to follow it up that's awesome you know do you, mm -hmm. um, oh, so, well, this, I was going to say the, um, the, no, okay. Do you, <laughs> I'll edit all that, those ums and ahs out, but how do you think the, it's sort of a loaded question, but in the past 10 years, how do you think marketing music has changed? Well, the print side of it has totally fallen out. So it's, you know, if I don't do like, if I go a week without doing anything on Instagram, for example, like that's, that's not good for business. Like that, um, that's like me, you know, anybody who's like marketing music, totally like dropping the ball. Um, it's very kind of quickly attention balanced I find and like less about the, the power of like a, a good review or a bad review I think it's more about like people are have gotten hyper focused on singles to an extent at least in the digital world and um, sometimes albums are like a bit of an afterthought at least in like mm. pop music or what's left of it <laughs> um, and it's harder to capture people's interest, but I still think that if there's something that's really spectacular, people are going to notice it. Um, it's just a matter of broadcasting it like appropriately. And like, you know, I feel like I've, I've done well, like with a few things like in that regard. Um, whereas you're not like totally like hiring out a, a PR firm and telling people why they should like something. It's just like putting good music on like a proper like display with like good quality and like uh, good intentions, you know? That's awesome. Yeah, I noticed that 
um, I don't know if you noticed, it's YouTube seems to be a really those channels that repost albums. That seems yeah, to yeah. be a really big source of like new people listening to things. Is that something you found? I don't, I don't know if that had ever really had as much an effect, like maybe 10 years ago, or seems like maybe within the past five years, like people reposting songs that have a lot of subscribers or videos or entire albums, maybe without permission of you. I don't even know, but I think it, you probably wouldn't even care because it's like more people might buy the physical yeah, uh, I, I absolutely agree. It's kind of the, the thing where almost every band I work with now for a new record is, you know, wanting to do a music video and or at least do an upload of something with a channel because there are a lot, a lot of people that find out about music through youtube channels um including me i've signed bands off of finding out about them on youtube yeah yeah it really can be an excellent resource that's how i keep hearing about it because i mean it's it's just like another thing like if it was like a zine or, or a radio show that it's like oh they posted that sweeping promises album or whatever and they posted some uh, you know other and they just keep like listening and then you just discover you know more bands from there i mean that's that's been a definitely a way i've discovered a lot of the bands on feel it um also uh sonic overload i don't know if you or uh, know of that that al quint who's from our around our area I, I always like i feel like it's almost every week i hear something that's like off of feel it on, on his show yeah yeah I, i'm i know al i've met al a, a few times and um, yeah, just like a, a lifelong, like diehard fan. Like a, I, I, he's a real music nut and yeah. I just love what, what he's, he just like has a dedication to like getting it ready every week on time. And it's, right. yeah, yeah, there's not a lot of people like that left. Yeah, I um, actually wanted to rewind a little bit and uh kind of curious how you actually got into all, all this stuff like what music but i'll put it this way what's your like earliest recollection of of music like what was the first thing you remember hearing i mean my parents were were like more into like you know just like the more classic rock stuff and, and like bluegrass music but um I mean, the first thing <laughs> that that's 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 tough. But uh, I like you need a therapy session for that. <laughs> I mean, I just remember hearing like, you know, like the stuff that always like stood out to me more on like the radio, at least like my you know it was always like in my mom's minivan. I'm like the oldest of like three brothers who are like always in. The, I was always in the van, and. Um, you know, like Blue Oyster Call and like mm -hmm. Alice Cooper were like always the two, and Black Sabbath were the three. It's like transplanted into your mind. Yeah. Um, but also, like my dad, like I started listening to like some of his records, and like my mom, like they had their records together. I guess, but like, like CCR, Zappa, 
the ventures oh wow elvis costello were like about like the the farthest out they like got but i mean that stuff was around yeah um, but nothing like remotely like very punk i guess elvis costello was on stiff so yeah my, yeah. like there's no the damned albums or anything right right zap is pretty far out though so that's pretty cool to hear as a kid yeah yeah absolutely i mean there it would have been great if there was some beef art too i love yeah. beef oh, art. yeah oh, i've came into that later anyways so it's all well yeah when did you start listening to like or get introduced to anything that was like more like underground that wasn't remotely like close to the charts or anything just off the grid uh off the grid i i was in high school and my mom was like taking me and my brothers to a record store that was in like a, a shopping center where like we did like you know family shopping stuff yeah and um it was called plan nine which is still still a record shop in richmond i probably go there like once a week still um but like i was really into to hip-hop like junior high like early high school and my mom like wouldn't let me buy anything that had the parental advisory sticker and yeah. she like made the record store like special or the clean version for me so like i was i was like i like was like growing up for a second on like the clean version of like stanconia or something where it's just like all the fun is totally sucked <laughs> out of it man yeah so uh then i like kind of realized that i think i found like a punko rama cd in like the used bin and was like oh it's a kid with a black eye and a skateboard like what's what's going on and yeah. you know all, all the cookie cutter like entry-level crap and then also like the record store like carried like discord and sst cds so you got like um you know like black flag minor thread descendants like that was like oh yeah 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 and then I started buying records like remote. There was like, you know, I got some like Ramones and like Fear records. And back then it was like still, you could still find like records from the 80s, like for, you know, not a lot of money. So, yeah. What time, what year or like time frame? This probably would have been like, um, well, it's 20, 2021. 20, so, probably between like, 12 and 15 years ago okay cool yeah, yeah. not too long ago but yeah and like yeah. i found like the peace comp like the international hardcore comp that like starts out with like the japanese band gizm and or like articles of faith and uh, dri like you know just like the who's who of like punk back then the dicks i was like you know mind blown again so yeah were you playing like, music back then in high school yeah, yeah, it was like, uh, it's funny. There, the way I kind of got into playing music was um, there was a place called the Music Resource Center in Charlottesville, and it was opened by Dave Matthews uh, in an old black Baptist church. And it was like a place where you could like jam and record 
in the like basement of the church which backed up to a greyhound bus station and like all the engineers were like people that were doing community service for like you know being in trouble with the law <laughs> so it was an interesting vibe um but i like met some people through like my mom would like bravely take me to like punk shows she was so cool to do that um and i just like eventually got to meeting some people and we like i was in like a like bad anarcho punk band called demagogue um it was actually kind of fun and creative but um and then i did like a like generic 80s hardcore band it was called shin kick <laughs> good name cool. yeah and that was like high school i started booking those um at like a warehouse space too that was that was pretty fun oh that's awesome yeah it was um this it was called dust warehouse and it was like this old hippie burnout guy that was named kurt he was from san francisco and like he said he like lived with flipper and was just, just like just a whack wacky guy he like lived in like a hut in the corner of the warehouse and would like play like mad max on vhs during the shows um but it was like just this raw space and like it was next to like the like Uts potato chip factory so you could like roll up the door and take some chips <laughs> nice so i did that and then i moved to richmond to go to college here so I just kind of kept doing stuff i guess cool and that's when the the label started yeah i was like interviewing some like 80s hardcore bands in charlottesville for my zine that i did um and i also had a radio show and i met a lot of cool people through the station wtju still a great radio station nice. college radio station um but yeah like it germinated while i was in was in charlottesville like the idea for like the label but like i didn't really patch it until i was like pretty much in richmond that's cool was there any inspirations for you know doing that kind of next level of stuff you know starting a label interviewing bands being on a radio having your own radio show like did you was there any external forces or was that kind of something that you fell up fell upon just from whatever um well my grandparents on, on my father's side did a, they owned a radio station um cool. and it was an am station and it was it was a lot of like talk and local news but it was like you know i kind of learned about you know the the value of like entertainment and music like early in life and was always like interested in it. I, like played sports for a while like everybody else and you know just kind of got a little disinterested in that and like other social things and like music was just like a great uh taking off kind of gateway thing for me so i i guess i just kind of fell into it and just have stayed with it you know we're really curious about like distribution far as like the the label goes and like just generally how like how that works and like you know just i guess like uh how much of an impact that has 
for the, for the label? Yeah, I, well, it's it's not easy getting getting records distributed. Yeah, for an, for an independent label, but um, you know, I, I do a fair amount of direct sales, uh, and over time, I've kind of figured out some shipping tricks, like how to get stuff uh, across to Europe and the UK for and Japan for you know discounted prices because. You know, as we all know, USPS is kind of not the best. Mm-hmm. And I, I do, you know, over the past like year or two, have, have kind of built things up more with uh, in Europe. I have a distributor in Germany and one in the Netherlands and a, a couple on the West Coast here um, in the U.S. And I use Sorry State. Uh, also oh, yeah. Raleigh. They're awesome. great, great, very punk-centric operation. But yeah, it's you know, it's for unless you're selling direct to stores, which you know I also do, it's it's a lot of consignment and having to follow up and, and you know look at statements, things like that. So it's you know, Bandcamp makes it easier too, getting directly, you know, to, to the fans, but something you have to really stay on top of do the places that you work with in the distribution network do they judge each record on its own and have different sort of quantitative demands or is it sort of a set whatever comes out you're going to get this much regardless of what the title is it's a mix really uh, you know i mostly do lps now seven inches and cassettes it's just kind of you know little drop in the bucket kind of like we'll take 10 we'll take you know 20 on consignment um lps there's you know some people that are like i need like 50 of everything you do or i need 20 of everything you do and that's nice but i mean i also saw a lot of people that are like hey we need just like one two or three copies of like a few different things and like that's awesome you know, it's, it's cool to just know that people want to have the, the catalog stocked up yeah definitely sure yeah and i mean it's also a challenge just just keeping stuff in print and keeping up with how i feel like now especially in the past year records have a little bit longer of a, of a lifespan and don't like you know i've done plenty of records where you press five 500 and it just is like a slow yeah yeah peter off but a lot of stuff where it just kind of stays or then like it gets the band you know gets some mention and it you know as a new life, so mixture. Like sweeping right. promises. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that I think that surprised just about everybody, including myself and the band. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I was actually going to ask you about them because uh, I can't remember if I meant. Oh, I, I think we I did mention we're from 
uh, Boston. So, uh, yeah, we've known Lyra and Caulfield for, for a number of years and seen them in different bands such over the years. And I didn't, I, you know, I think they played like one show, but uh, I didn't hear that they had like even a new band. And I suddenly see this like record comes out, span sweeping promises and it was just like holy shit and like it's like selling tons of records and how'd you hear about them i got an email one day from lyra i did not know them at all before this i really honestly wasn't even familiar with like mini dresses or d parts which i've, I've since you know learned to appreciate and it makes sense like what what they did after that now um but yeah i just just came through the inbox one day and it was they had only had finished the first five songs, which is the A side of the record, and I was yeah. like, "Well, I, you know, I'd like to hear more." And then then came the B side, and it was like, "Yeah, let's do it." That's awesome. Yeah, and it's just you know kind of had its own life ever since. It, now that they're going on tour and yeah, yeah. getting getting ready to you know a little bit more into the band it's like kind of apparent that like yeah we we gotta make strides to keep keep the record in print which is it's a great yeah. problem to have but it's also yeah. like right especially right now it's not easy although i think we're gonna we're gonna make it work and they're gonna have you know the record at every show on the tour and everything like that that's awesome that's, what yeah. pressing is it on now it's well, we're waiting on the seventh pressing, which is actually the hardest one out of all seven. <laughs> there was a, a problem in the uh, plating, metal plating department that uh, required the record to actually be completely recut. Uh, and not a lot of people realize it's, well, I guess it's in the description, but Maybe if you just put it on, you wouldn't. But it's re it's recorded and mastered in mono, so there are some really transient elements to the sound that uh, make for a tougher cut, but make for a better sounding record too. So I don't <laughs> know. Uh, we've we've got it back on track, and we're gonna um, continue pressing it. I have two two more pressings lined up for the tour. So oh, that's awesome! You, you wow. jump. Well, and they've been really kind and faithful to me in letting me feel it be the be the label to do it there's no european label or anything and like you know i told him i was like i can get i can get records over there for like you know relatively cheap and like we've worked out some good deals like we got a uk distribution deal um melodic is going to be distributing the next pressing so there's good awesome. things like that happening and good faith in the record yeah well, that's cool because yeah. that's that's an example of a band that you completely took a chance on right because especially during that time or whatever you were not even really knowing them you who knew that they wouldn't be able to tour for so long and as a record label it might be probably reviewed as more of a risk but because you love the you loved it so much you're like i guess gotta do it yeah and well the one thing that like kind of struck me like odd like by their submission but was like maybe like actually like really ahead of ahead of its thinking curve was they were like we we want to like play like huge festivals and like tour and like 
And I was like, who are these people? Like, what? Like, <laughs> like nobody yeah. says that. But I guess they were right because they're kind of going to do it. So. They made their own destiny. Self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. It's all happening. You're right. I'm just happy to be able to watch it happen and, you know, keep keep working with them. So, yeah, it's great. Cool. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and they're, they're such nice people, too. Um, uh, just really great people, too. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, excellent, excellent uh, musicians. Um, we really, we first met them there. They were in a band called the Silkies, which I recommend checking out. But it's, it's very, it's different from doing promises. It's kind of like, sort of like a little bit more like garage girl group kind of. The Silkies. Yeah. Coming back to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, just they, they were in a band called blah blah or it's like blah blah b-l-a-u um and then, like you said mini dresses yeah a lot of bands but um yeah good good folks uh yeah so kind of like what glenn was saying like uh is how much does touring play into that i guess before you like sign a band or or whatever of like you know you know because i imagine that with touring of course that's a big way for people to not just hear the band or see them but also to buy the records um i guess like would you do that's something that before you sign a band that you are expecting them to do or that or what have you yeah it's interesting to think about it going back into touring because right yeah yeah. the past you know 18 months it's been like well you know i just want a lot of people are like you know basically like a you know 25 count box of lps is more than enough for like me and like the two or three people i see like right now and like my family i'll maybe mail them a copy oh true but close friends and like the people that worked on the record but yes uh you know now it's it is like um, like, hey, we need several hundred copies. We, you know, think we we're gonna really be hitting the road here. Um, I think it's it's a little too early to tell. But on yeah. the flip side of that, it's like we did a lot of records during the pandemic that were made by like one or two people remotely, or in their completely in their own quarantine, that have sold really well without any touring. So it's awesome. like, yeah. Hey, if if it does lock down again, we obviously hope it doesn't. But um, I still feel like I could keep doing the label and keep making like, you know, being able to pay like my bands for just the record sales if they're not being able to tour. So I think it's important to have both sides of that available. Yeah, definitely. Um. As far as uh, beyond just like that, the the other like aspects of like what a band might have to do as far as like uh, playing and everything, is there anything that like or qualities that you're like looking for specifically like aesthetically or, or whatever or just in, in any sort of sense 
uh, could be like, taste wise as far as like the artists that you sign? I uh, generally songwriting and just the musicianship are, are very like in, in my mind. Mm. You know, I, I don't really feel like I do a whole lot of like very like genre forward bands necessarily. Yeah. Um, maybe that's a nice way of like not saying generic. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I appreciate like a deeper quality to an artist and usually like if, if we're just talking like the the physical like packaging side of things usually like the more like the cr more creative people I, I work with it always just falls into place like I never really make a whole lot of demands on like what I want to see or like what I want to see changed um, I'm I'm a little bit of a perfectionist when it comes to like finishing touches and like manufacturing stuff but um as far as like creative control i really try and i make suggestions but i leave it up to like i want the band to like be like or the artist to be like this is this is my album this is my release yeah and not just like something that was created in a vacuum for like you know a marketing company or like you know a specific crowd demographic so when I see stuff come in, that's like on that level of like what I want to like put out, that's when I like connect with it a little bit more. Do you often see, okay, cool. does, did the bands present the, the art direction at the same time as the music or some of them just like, I don't fucking care about the art or is that generally not a good, that's something that you, you wouldn't really want to hear as a label head most of the, actually the majority of the stuff that that i've like signed uh, or like added to the label on um, submission has been just like i'll get like just a private like you know like a playlist or like a download of, of some mixes final you know mixes of record and then the artwork just kind of comes about um, a few things have come in totally finished and that's rare and that's usually the sign of somebody that's like you know on on the same kind of like perfection yeah. like curve um and but but no like you know some people are like i don't know who the fuck i want to do my artwork um can you like line me up uh with anything that like you like or like you, you think it would be like fitting to our music and like like working like um like David Struther and Sweeping Promises. Like that was like the connection I made between them for the artwork. Um, and there's, you know, there's been a few other things like that. Like David's also doing artwork for like a new, uh, a new Midwest band that I'm putting out on vinyl for the first time. And they didn't know what they wanted, but, but he actually showed the band to me. So I was like, well, it makes sense. And they're like, oh yeah, of course. Like, um, and sometimes, like, I just, you know, see somebody whose work I like and, like, we'll just be like, hey, like, I think your style would be cool for this release. That's so, cool. like, I'll dial up so-and-so for, for what, maybe, like, this trashier, like, garage punk thing I'm looking for. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. You're kind of going along the lines of what um, – I just had to say this just because I, I find it so um, kind of fascinating – 
is that dude that interviewed you still in rock? Okay. He, he seems pretty obsessed with, uh, you know, kind of an analytical approach to genres. I don't know if you got that vibe, but he caught, he calls, I think some of it post slacker or uh, I forget what the terms are, but there is, I think some people, I, I don't, no, if he uses that much but i've seen it egg punk too i see that kind of going along a lot of the times do you and there's different we're kind of talking about this with uh tracy a little bit as well like is there a is there a term that can be used or it, it really is kind of useless to that would maybe like describe the sound of what the label's trying to do mm. I would just say like, like futuristic oh, that's and cool. not like genre contained. Like, I think egg punk is pretty lazy. <laughs> like there are like, I've put out some bands that like people would like definitely like say like smarts or like Silicon Prairie, like stuff like that. Or like that's egg. And it's like, no, I, I I kind of disagree. I think like there's a lot more thought put into like some of that those bands than like some of the stuff that just gets like shat out of an eight track and put on YouTube. You yeah. know, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. No, no, it's it's weird. Like all the extra sub 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 genres that are <laughs> creeping out of people's minds. Yeah. And I have to understand it too because like I want to understand it you know right or try to (laughs) yeah i I feel like yeah 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 i feel like yeah at least would feel it it feels very uh eclectic as far as the styles um so yeah i I mean i've like i've always like had had like an ear for like you know like synth funk and like post-punk and garage music um like i've definitely like i feel like i've done a little bit more like archival and reissue stuff than like some other contemporary labels that either are like solely doing that or solely doing new stuff so it's cool balance um and just like i'm also like we're all getting a little bit older and like i don't really put out as much hardcore music as i did not that i dislike hardcore music i came up on it and love it like yeah. you know i'm putting out like weird like stone garage records that sound like garage now too so it's like it's just whatever's like fun and creative for me like at the moment i guess and some of the more like garage bands uh, in the last few years have given me more hope on like the genre where i feel like there's still you know weirder kind of shit that it's like almost not even as it's not as like 60s driven and he's more i mean it's still like that might be like some of the bands of course but i mean i don't know i just feel it's like there's as, there's it's not it's as like, like psychedelic the, or fuzzy as yeah I, yeah exactly. it's more it's, angular and synthy it seems a lot of the stuff I, there might still be some of that stuff but i think that stuff like with ty siegel and like when he really was like yeah, yeah. you know back in like 2012 2014 the ocs and that kind of crap I mean, I liked it at the time much more than now. I don't think it aged as well, but anyway. 
yeah. do you feel like you kind of move in different directions? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like like the synth, you're right, the synthier and kind of like darker, like post-punk sides of like pop music are a little more in vogue now. Yeah. Like, or even just like a new wave. Like, mm. I feel like, like even like, I like some pop music, like, like I don't think like Kate LeBon is terrible or anything, but that's even like more like kind of, you know, more like 80s style of like wavy pop, at least. Mm. I don't know. Um, but I feel, yeah, I feel like some garage, like even like the Cowboys like have like experimented with some like post-punk sounds. Um, yeah. I think like it's the cool, it's the cool about like now where like everything's like super available, like, and just people are mixing influences like more than ever. Like, um, like even that band Brower, like they, uh, they like cover some Zamrock songs, which they don't, allude to but like it's like that that like heavier like zamrock sound is like coming into like garage and glam music which is cool so you know i find it interesting yeah definitely yeah i agree i feel like the synth part of it is big like uh you know maybe just um like i remember tracy we've mentioned this to tracy in the last podcast she mentioned almost like the Jay retard kind of influence and you could even I'd go with like lost sounds as, as just as an extension of that. Um, I guess it's just interesting. I think there's just a number of bands kind of building off of this genre, or even like what, like that, uh, I forget what the name of it, but yeah, I, don't know. I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm noticing that in some of the bands and like, like, you know, even with like, say like, like smirk or, um the silicone prairie you know there's all these kind of just different sounds where it's almost like i feel like the almost like beach kind of like kind of you know stuff like surf kind of whatever stuff like um even stuff i like 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 early like ty siegel stuff like that kind of like what glenn was saying i almost feel like yeah it's like being just sort of like that needs to like, and i love like ty and everything but some of that that whole stuff kind of needed to just like die or something in a way and uh, i don't mean tied necessarily but like just i don't know that kind of an- angle of it and then this other, i feel like this other stuff is just like i don't know it's swooping it's, in. it's a weird genre right because it's like it's kind of like fun punk stuff but then there's this maybe more futuristic element or i don't know what else maybe it's just like picking apart Mm-hmm. yeah this job you know and, th- and there's more to it or like what even that means of like a band having like you know what fun music within this genre for lack of a better word means and i feel like a number of these bands like fr- another one freak jeans which i wouldn't even i wouldn't describe as like garage necessarily but there's like a link almost you know what i mean there's a weird kind of link between some of these or like giorgio murder or something you know yeah well, I, yeah, I think like a lot of like the Ty Siegel's and like that like scene of, of, of stuff is like that's from like, you know, like the era of, of like garage music where everything was like kind of like mono. Yeah. And just like, you know, now like has gotten more of like a psych, like 
you know, kind of stereo sound, but like a lot of this uh, synth stuff really does, you know, play with the aspects of, of stereo music a lot more interestingly. And that's, I think that's why people are latching onto it. Um, you can do so much with like oscillators and just like, yeah, just really crazy, like guitar panning and, um, people are coming back more into psychedelic music, I think, too. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, um, yeah and I don't know, maybe I'm just not paying attention as much, but I also feel like as a whole, it just feels like very, um, I don't know, it's like it doesn't seem to be trying too hard to impress anybody. Or I would say like either you kind of, you're like, if you get it, that's cool. If you don't, whatever you know what i mean i don't know <laughs> like I, I, that makes any sense at all like i i just don't feel like it's like like anyone's trying to oh, okay so let's get to like that you know let's try to get like this sort of i don't know yeah, like, that's what the french guy was saying it's, it's post slacker oh really well i don't know just based on what you're saying there, I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know i don't know how you feel sam or because I, I think because you just you're a lot more like involved with it and this stuff and it's it's hard for me to like put into like words kind of and i feel like sometimes the all the different like labels or genres can get just like it almost gets to a point where it doesn't like what does it even mean but i i guess what i was sort of driving at and i don't, I don't know how you, you feel is it it feels like a lot of these bands you know and with the labels kind of like what you were saying before of like okay like you know this is it's not like just some big marketing thing or whatever it's almost like okay the bands are doing really what they want to be doing and it does it doesn't feel like it's like trying to reach out to any sort of outside uh, outside crowd or whatever it's it's almost like you know it, it's its own kind of self-contained thing and if, if people get that that's cool if they don't then whatever you know right yeah i mean i think that's like what i want my catalog to be where it's just like like hey it's it's on feel it like, yeah you know, i feel like there's like the you know the understanding that like it might be it might be something worth your time like regardless of like what your view on a genre is cool. yeah hell yeah yeah do do you think i mean i don't know if shows are starting to come back there or what it was like um you know for you prior to in your local in your own local scene and stuff do you was it a lot of feel it-esque bands playing locally or I, I know up in boston not to shit on our own place but it in the past <laughs> few years it, it kind of has gone like rock and very sort of you know not not as exciting whereas i i wish the bands from feel it from that kind of network we're here but people aren't really doing that kind of thing but even like in a broad sense which is a little depressing but what's your take i don't know yeah uh well i think like if you're we're talking richmond it's you know it's a pretty big metal city like you know like guar municipal waste um like those are the like the the shows that everybody like goes to um 
punk scene is, you know, just like any small Southern city would like have some like, you know, decent house show spots before the pandemic. And like, uh, I mean, hardcore is really in vogue here too. There's the whole like United Blood, you know, like bands like uh, Down to Nothing and like Naysayer and like the tougher side of stuff. And there's like pop music and like, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, how do you, how am I, Americana? How do you blank on Americana? I'm in Virginia, come on. Um, that's like a big thing here too. But no, punk is like, I mean, there's like a punk record store here, Vinyl Conflict and like a bit of that culture. But uh, as far as like cutting edge, like, crazy like fucking weird synth and like post-punk stuff no it's not it's not really going crazy here um but it's not a bad place to be either there are like you know cool bands like slump is is local here and they're like crazy psych punk really um good moog and like heavy guitar sounds uh, and like you know, well, there's new bands playing. Public Acid is like mostly local here now. So there's like some hardcore acts. But yeah, I'm going to probably go to my first show like next weekend. And nice. we'll see. We'll see what's up. Hell yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's outdoors. Uh, we got, we got a, little, cool. uh, a generator, uh, Ask a Punk underneath a bridge spot. So that'll be good for the the distancing but still seeing people and bands thing yeah yeah cool um yeah it's uh uh as far as like other stuff in the richmond scene is there and you just mentioned a few bands is there any other bands you'd you'd recommend yeah uh haircut it was like they're like the best like hardcore band in town. Juliana's like great front person, like super, super energetic. And uh, who else do I like? Crazy Doberman is like mostly local. So like if you're looking for some like jazzier, noisier fare, they always have like a different lineup and or like, I saw them in like an apartment on top of a record store once and it was like wow. magical. Wow. Uh, Teenage Cinnabite, they're they're like some friends of the label and uh, cool like synthier punk sounds. Um, trying to think of what else. The Archaics are um, like oh, yeah. great sixties garage, like you know, back from the grave style band. Yeah, I saw um, them like you know, yeah, get a. I don't know if you can see it, but yeah, on Steady Sounds, the old local store, rest in peace. Yeah. What a great shop! Oh, that was yeah. local. Very cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They they closed um, or about a, year, a little bit over a year ago. But um, actually, Mar Marty moved back up to to Mass, so he's he's somewhere close to you guys. Oh wow, cool. Yeah, just doing discog sales these days, I think, but. Yeah. Um, cool. Those are the bands that I dig the most, I think. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Uh, any any upcoming? Well, I don't know how much you can 
you can share, but whatever, any, any new releases coming up? Yeah, I got a freaking whole list here. So it's like, there's like 10 records at the plant. Whoa. It's crazy. Um, well, I've announced the Lysol and the Split SPLIT records. Those are going to be out hopefully the, in about a month. And then um, what's up next? We got uh, Fashion Pimps and the Glamazons. That's <laughs> name. Do crazy Cleveland uh, synth, the freaky like re- residence like style punk. Wow. Cowboy again from Cleveland. Man Eaters new LP. Um, Keith from the Cowboys is doing a sort of like a solo record called Good Looking Sun. S O N. Twelve inch EP. It's nice. kind of cool summertime pop music. Raji, um, uh, new Smirk LP in the works. Uh, there's this band, Why, Why Bother, from uh, they're from Iowa. Hell yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, we, or I mean, with we still book shows. I mean, we're slowly getting into the process getting back into that but we still book shows in boston so yeah definitely hit us up if any of these bands are ever on tour you know for um, a gig. Like said, we did the cowboy show before and that, that was a blast yeah yeah absolutely definitely will yeah yeah and um last couple questions here but uh yeah um well definitely um, looking forward to to goner fest so yeah uh, rock out so yeah I can't, I can't wait to to uh to see you there and um and also to see like some of the bands like yeah, see, uh, see your you band said, play. Like, yeah exactly <laughs> promises uh smirk and what was the who's the third spread one joy spread joy indeed spread joy. Love them so much okay yeah, I have a feeling they're going to be a really great live band. I've seen a couple streams and it looked like it would be even more fun person. Cool. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Right. So yeah, I can't wait to, to meet y'all there. It'll be a blast. I'll be there uh, with my with uh, my girl Cat uh, all four days. So we'll be looking forward to seeing everybody. Awesome. Oh, hell yeah. Sounds good, dude. Have yeah. a great great rest of the summer. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, y'all too. Try and try and stay cool amidst this uh, global warming. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's a heat wave. Yeah, definitely. Permanently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. So yeah, good. Yeah. Th- thanks again, Sam, for uh, giving us your time and all that stuff. And yeah, we look forward to see you, Goner. Happy to be here, and and thanks again for having me. We'll catch up here in the uh, next few months. Hell yeah, buddy. Peace. All right, y'all. Peace.